Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast Frontier Faith, a podcast where it's okay not to know. It's okay not to know what you believe or why you believe it. It's okay to believe something different than you used to. It's okay to believe what you've believed for a long time. Many of us come from a theological or religious background where that wasn't necessarily the case where we were told we needed to know what we believed and why we believed it. Or in my case, we needed to be always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have, that kind of thing, you know? Well, I want to say that at least as far as this podcast goes, it's okay not to know. It's okay to explore. It's okay to ask those questions. Maybe you were afraid to, or were told you shouldn't, whatever it might look like for you. I'm glad you're here and going on this journey with us. So my name's Ryan Harris. Normally, Nate's here with me, but apparently he's got a life or a family or a job. I don't know, something lame, weird like that. But anyway, so you're stuck with me this week. Just me. Last time I did this, I railed about capitalism, and I guess I won't be doing that this time. Although knowing me, I can't promise you it doesn't work its way in there somewhere. But actually, today I wanted to talk about something uh, different than that, I wanted to talk about a concept that I think is very important, and it's one we've all been taught many times. I'm sure I, I know when I was preaching, I probably did many sermons on it, and you've probably, if you're a preacher, you've done them, or if you've been in church, I'm sure you've heard them, because it's something that's a very central part of faith, I think. And so what I want to talk about is forgiveness. Now, there's a lot that could be said about forgiveness. And, and just for the record, to go on record at the beginning here, I want to say that I am not anti-forgiveness. I know given this podcast, you might think that I'm about to tell you why forgiveness is bullshit and you shouldn't do it, but it's not, not my goal here. I will say right at the top of this that I think forgiveness is good. You know, I think that I try to take Jesus seriously and think that he probably knew and knows what he's talking about. So when Jesus tells us to forgive everyone, I think we should do that. And I think, you know, I've seen in my own life times when uh, forgiveness has really brought healing and restoration and fixed some really terrible situations. And so, yeah, forgiveness, all for it. All right. But like a lot of things that I'm realizing that I grew up with, that I was taught, and not necessarily by just my parents or my family, but um, kind of the entire culture I was in, you know, the whole conservative evangelical world. And I suspect from lots of conversations I've had, it's not unique to there. But there is this very, I think, simplistic picture of forgiveness, this very um, yeah, I mean, I think simplistic is the right word about what forgiveness is and how it works. And I think like a lot of things we talk about on this podcast, I think that this oversimplification has led to a fair amount of harm, even though I think generally speaking, that was never intended. I think this is another one of those uh, things that's just kind of assumed and it's in the Bible, you know, or so we think, and so we just go with it, and it's got to be good, you know? 
So what is forgiveness? I guess what I was taught about forgiveness, and some of this is, like I said, from my religious upbringing, um, from the faith community I came from, and some of it I think is a very cultural thing, at least here in, in America, but that's probably because Christianity has been so intertwined with Western civilization, um, you know, recent Western civilization anyway, uh, especially in the United States and Canada, North America, and probably Europe as well. You can't really separate those two. But what I was taught about forgiveness was, you know, I don't know what the order was that I heard this in, but the thing that comes to mind first, the thing that when I think about forgiveness and thinking back on it, what I was told and what I was taught was it probably won't shock you to hear was the shame aspect of it, right? Or the fear aspect of it maybe is a good way to put it as well. So the idea of if you don't forgive people, your heavenly father won't forgive you, you know, that that kind of thing. And so it was always this pressure of you got to forgive everybody regardless, because after all, God forgave you of terrible, awful things. I mean, you're, you know, we're all terrible sinners. We sin all the time. We're uh, guilty of sin to the point of we should be going to hell. You know, this is this is what I was taught. But thankfully, Jesus died on a cross so we can be forgiven. And so if Jesus can do that for us, well, you know, we better make sure we forgive everybody of everything, regardless of what they may have done or what we might have experienced. And, you know, again, I, I'm not saying that's necessarily wrong. I mean, you do see that in scripture, that you do need to forgive people and that if you don't, it can be problematic. But I think right off the top, I want to stop here and say, wait a minute, if forgiveness is supposed to bring restoration and healing and is supposed to be a good thing that we need to do, why is it that the first thing I think of when I think back on what I was taught about forgiveness, why is it the very first thing that comes to mind, uh, the very first things that come to mind are shame and fear? If forgiveness is this great thing, why, why did we start there? And there's some, I have some thoughts on that, but I think I'll come back to that when I get to, um, get to some of the problems in more depth. But so I think that was the first thing that came to mind was you better forgive people because if you don't, you're going to, God's not going to forgive you. And boy, that will be a bad thing. Right. And I mean, I guess that would be a bad thing if God did not forgive us. But I mean, that was not the only thing I was taught. And, you know, in, in fairness, that if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know that fear and anxiety in that way, especially religious anxiety, you know, the faith anxiety, I guess you could call it, has been such a central part of my story. Some of the fact that I think of that first probably has to do with my own personality, and that may not be the case for everybody. Though, as I said, I would not be surprised to hear that I am far from the only one. But that wasn't the only thing I was taught. I remember being taught that forgiveness is something that is uh, good for everybody involved. So obviously, if someone does something wrong, the person that they did that wrong thing to, uh, forgiveness is going to be good for the perpetrator, right? Because they've been forgiven for whatever terrible or bad or wherever it falls along the spectrum, they've been forgiven for that. So the person who is wronged has said, I forgive you, and we can go on from here. And I was, um, but I was taught too that not, yes, that's true, but even more so, it's good for the person who is forgiving 
Like it is a healthy thing because you want to make sure you don't get bitter because bitterness and unforgiveness leads you to what we just talked about before. So there was that idea too, that uh, forgiveness is a healthy thing because it makes things, it restores things to what they used to be. Forgiveness uh, takes something that, um, where death was present and brings life. And if you think about the fact that, you know, Jesus forgiving our sins, in that world, especially if you go through the substitutionary atonement theory of how that all works, well, Jesus definitely brought life where there should have been death, right? Because the wages of sin is death, and we're all guilty sinners, and so Jesus died, and therefore now we are forgiven, which even though we were destined for death and hell and all that, now, now we have life. So I was taught that forgiveness is a healthy thing. And I, again, I don't disagree with the idea that forgiveness is healthy, but I just, again, I'm, I'm coming back to this idea of here we are another time where forgiveness is steeped in that same kind of fear, shame, uh, obligation, um, you know, that sort of thing, guilt, right? Which is interesting because if anybody should feel guilt, in a situation where somebody has been wronged, would it not be the person who is the wronger, right? The one who did the bad thing? They should be feeling the guilt. And yet it seems like, at least from my experience, I often felt guilt because, um, you know, well, I don't know if I, I'm having trouble forgiving that person because whatever they did was pretty bad. Which I think kind of brings up another angle, which I don't remember being taught in church this part, but I think this is just part of larger American culture. Um, whether you're Christian or not, a lot of people would subscribe to this idea. And that's the phrase forgive and forget. You know, this is promoted um, in by the average person. Uh, you'll see it on, um, you know, like, I don't know about Dr. Phil because he's a quack and I don't watch him, but I suspect, you know, shows like that. You'll see people like him. Um, you name it. I, I think this idea of forgive and forget is a pretty um, ubiquitous concept. And so like now, I, I think that was always part of the stew for me too, because, you know, the way to forgive somebody was that I had to... Um, I mean, I don't think it's possible for any human to totally forget what has been done to them unless they've been traumatized so much that there's actual repression and such. But generally speaking, if someone, you know, um, stabbed me in the back somehow, hopefully metaphorically speaking, I'm probably not going to forget that in the sense of I will remember what happened. But the forgive and forget came from this idea of like, well, once I forgive them, I have to act as if it never happened. I mean, I won't forget, but, you know, if I'm angry at this person or if I'm um, really just really bitter even or any of those feelings, I'm not allowed to do that because if those feelings are there, it means that I've not forgiven the person. Which, again, is going to go back to my own story of why I've dealt so much with having a hard time expressing anger, um, at least in cases outside of politics, <laughs> uh, because I was always under this assumption. And I don't know that anybody ever told me this explicitly, but the message I received was, um, you know, if you forgive somebody, then that means you're not angry at them. That means you're not 
super, I mean, you may be sad, but you got to be careful with that because it really needs to be forgiveness is as if it had not happened to you, whatever that thing was. And, you know, I think that that is leading into one of the major problems with this, because I think this idea, like I said, while maybe never taught from the pulpit, was something that was taught nonetheless, whether it was said or learned behavior or picked up from TV, movies, books, you know, whatever, school, whatever it was, this was very much the idea that I operated under. And the problem with that is it seems to me so much like gaslighting in a way, because it takes the person who has been wronged, who has been harmed in some way, um, however minor or major that may have been, anything, because it applies the same across the board, which is another problem, right? But who, whatever happened to me, for example, um, all of a sudden, when the person says they're sorry, now the burden is on me. And now all the work needs to be done by me just because that person, well, they said they were sorry, right? They said they're sorry. And, and you know, they may have, they probably meant it. I'm not talking about insincere apologies here, but I mean, the person apologized sincerely, but now I have to do all the heavy lifting, at least emotionally speaking. And sometimes practically speaking, if it's in terms of fixing a broken relationship or whatever that might be too. And that just seems backwards to me. It seems like here I am, someone has wounded me, and now I have to go out of my way to make sure that they're okay. And that that really does seem like uh, spiritual or emotional gaslighting to me. Um, you know, like, it seems to me that any time someone who is not the wronged party, in whatever situation it is, outside of perhaps parents and their very, very young children who are still learning all of, you know, like their brains are still developing, like they're three or four years old kind of thing. But when someone outside of the wronged party steps in and dictates what the wronged party needs to do and how they should feel, that seems like that should be a disconnect to me. Because first of all, it wasn't done to that person. And second of all, like, again, why is the burden suddenly thrust upon the person who was hurt in whatever way that they, he or she or they were hurt? And especially since what seemed to so often happen was this idea that, and this ain't unique to church, this happens all over the place, but people will say they're sorry as a way to make things feel better, as a, made, as a way to make things look better, but it doesn't actually result in much of a change of their behavior at all, if at all, you know, they'll do something bad and they'll sincerely apologize or at least give the impression that they're sincere in their apology. They might cry. They might, you know, say all the right things. And then some amount of time later, you're back in the same spot because abusers tend to be serial abusers. Generally speaking, that's kind of how abuse tends to work. And I guess that again, that is deeply problematic because what that seems to be doing is it's now opening up avenues for the person or people who were harmed to continue to be harmed. It, it, uh, it seems like it very easily enables abusers to continue abusing. And I just don't think that that's what Jesus had in mind. I don't think that, that the Christian, that's what the Christian should have to do. I especially, I don't even know where to start, but I think, 
you know, I've said some things, but let me back up a second and just say, so I think those are the two biggest problems I see. The biggest ones are that all of these things I was taught in regards to forgiveness, um, for me anyway, seemed to be couched within or uh, steeped in or framed by the ideas of shame. And like, how could you not forgive this person? Don't you love Jesus? After all, Jesus forgave you. Or if you don't forgive this person, um, you know, that's a really serious thing and God won't forgive you. And we all know that that is code for so you're on your way to hell, at least eventually, if, if you persist in unforgiveness. So that's the first biggest, first big problem. I think the second big problem is that so much of the heavy lifting from forgiveness seems to be usually put upon the person who was wronged or the people who were wronged. And I guess the third one is that so often that approach to forgiveness seems to open up avenues for continued abuse. It it uh, seems to enable abusers to continue to be able to abuse people. And if forgiveness is supposed to bring life, if forgiveness is supposed to be a good thing for all of us, if it's supposed to be something that is the result of the work of the Spirit in our lives and in our hearts, then it seems to me that it should not be primarily about fear and shame. And it should not be something that causes more trauma itself. And it should not be something that enables people who are uh, perpetrators to continue perpetrating harm on people. So what does forget what what I guess I should say what could forgiveness look like or or maybe a better way to put it is is there another place forgiveness can that forgiveness can come from instead of just fear and shame. And I think the answer is yes, at least I hope the answer is yes. And I wonder if instead of it being, and so I guess, you know, the question that, one question that is uh, begging to be answered then is, so if forgiveness is not coming from a place of fear and shame, where else, like, what's a better place for that to come from? And I guess the part that is still difficult for me is it's tempting to say, well, it comes from a place of grace and mercy, right? Like, it's not that I have to forgive somebody because otherwise God is going to throw me into hell. It's that I forgive somebody because I want to have grace for people, because that's, you know, that's the work of the spirit in me is that it enables the spirit enables me to um, have forgiveness for things that don't deserve it, that have been really either sort of bad or really bad that have happened to me. Grace and mercy says that I forgive the person anyway. And I think that that's potentially possible, uh, especially for some people and in some situations. But I think a difficult part of that is that I want to be careful because that could, because that could get to the point where it's still um, somebody else telling me what I should do to forgive somebody. Or to put that another way, um, if you're not doing it, well, how come you don't have grace and mercy, right? I mean, I'm wondering and trying to figure out how do we get forgiveness from somewhere that is not fear and shame? And the only thing that that I can sort of think of here that has helped me somewhat, but is not in any way a complete answer, is maybe what we need to do is sort of refocus where we think forgiveness is coming from. 
And rather than seeing forgiveness as something that I do because I choose to, or maybe instead of thinking of forgiveness as something that comes out of my uh, benevolence or my graciousness or my mercifulness, yeah, uh, or whatever that is, maybe it's something of seeing like that God is helping me to forgive people because forgiveness comes from God. Like forgiveness is the work of the spirit in my heart, right? Why can I forgive somebody? Because because that gift has been given to me from God, you know? And so maybe it looks like when, in terms of where does forgiveness come from, it comes from asking God to give me forgiveness for someone or whatever. Because I, I like I like that at least tentatively because it's still other than God, there is no outside voice, right? In the sense of people who did not experience what I experienced are not telling me what this has to look like. God might be telling me that, but I think that that's much easier to deal with. Well, in a sense, right? But that's easier to fit within this framework I'm trying to build because God is the only one who knows what actually happened and what the experience was like for me and the other person and and all of that kind of stuff. Like God has the perspective and the necessary grace, mercy, and justice to be able to adjudicate those things in ways that people don't. And so maybe if I'm trying to locate forgiveness, not in my own traits or my own um, personality, or even perhaps just from my own conscious choice, although I do think there's a choice involved in whether you forgive somebody or not, but maybe the source of forgiveness is coming from God directly is the gift of God to us. And I wonder then if the answer is not to tell somebody, well, if you don't forgive, then God's not going to forgive you is more of like, if you're struggling to forgive somebody, ask God to give you forgiveness for. And I think that also leaves the door open because that could look a lot of different ways. You know, it's not just, um, it, yeah, I mean, it it gives the victim or victims a lot more agency in what that forgiveness actually looks like, yet it also involves God in a way that could hopefully help there be a more just resolution to whatever has taken place. So I don't have that part figured out entirely, but I think this idea of seeing forgiveness as something that comes through the work of the spirit and not necessarily, or at least not just from my own personal choice to do so. I think that that might be helpful way to do that. As far as the, uh, the other one, uh, the other problem of like how forgiveness can seem to turn into gaslighting, that's a tougher one to, to crack. You know, I, I don't think, as I said earlier, I don't think that's what we want. Um, And maybe part of that is that what we could, one way that we might be able to rethink some of this is if we change our view of what it means to forgive in the sense of what does forgiveness like, what does forgiveness look like in the sense that what does the person who has done the wrong what do they need to do as part of this forgiveness process? 
Because like I said, so often it seems to be the balance of it is put upon the one who was harmed. Well, you have to forgive them. They said they're sorry, as if that means whatever happened didn't happen, or as if that means the abuse was not a thing. So I, uh, I was thinking about this, and not too long ago, I came across, I was listening to this podcast I like, although I don't actually, I think it was the Bible for normal people, but whichever one it was, I, uh, they had this person on, and she is a rabbi in the ref- conservative tradition, which conservative ritualistically speaking, not um, uh, theologically necessarily. But anyway, her name is Rabbi Danya, uh, Danya Ruttenberg. She's written a lot of books. She's written in the New York Times and various papers. Um, this thing I'm looking at says she is a scholar in residence at the National Council of Jewish Women. So anyway, I've not read any of her books, but I keep thinking I want to because what I heard her talking about was was pretty rad. And I found this article from a while ago. Uh, it was um, it was about the Me Too stuff in regards to. Um, I'll just read you the the headline. It says, famous abusers seek easy forgiveness. Uh, Rosh Hashanah teaches us repentance is hard. And so she talks about the, you know, terrible people like uh, Bill O'Reilly, Matt Lauer, Mario Batali, Kevin Spacey, etc. You know, that awful crew of people who did lots of awful sexual um, harassment, sexual assault, whatever it was. And, you know, she talks about how they bring up this, um, they do this terrible thing, they give some kind of non-apology, and then within a few months or a year at most, they're back to their career like everything's okay. And I think that uh, she points out that in America, we're really quick to welcome comebacks, you know, and she says, It's in part because we don't know what it really means to atone. So I'm going to read you part of this. And if I uh, pronounce some of these words wrong, then, well, you can file a complaint and send it to us, please. And uh, anyway, I'm just going to read this, at least most of this paragraph. So she says, according to Jewish law, though, the most critical factor is repentance. Um, Shiva, the work that a person who has done harm must undertake. And there are specific steps. The bad actor must own the harm perpetrated, ideally in a public way. Then they must do the hard internal work to become the kind of person who does not harm in this way, which is a massive undertaking demanding tremendous introspection and confrontation of unpleasant aspects of the self. And then they must make restitution for harm done in whatever way that that might be possible. And then, and only then, they must apologize sincerely to the victim. And then lastly, the next time they're confronted with an opportunity to do something like that again, they must make a different and better choice. And I don't remember that idea ever really being talked about. This idea of like, you know, you can you can verbally repent. But if all that if that's all that happens, then is that even really true repentance? Right. So. I don't remember anyone ever talking about the idea that, um, I mean, I remember talking about confession and sometimes public confession. So maybe that first part, right? Like I remember hearing or even, you know, experiencing some people doing that. Um, but I don't remember the anyone ever talking about um, making restitution for the harm done in whatever way that must be possible. 
I mean, the idea that I think you could say that there was the idea that they would not continue to keep doing so. But that that part about recompensing specifically, I don't remember that ever be really being part of what I was taught. In fact, in some ways, that was kind of the opposite, because forgiveness means like forgiveness is not something you deserve. So you shouldn't have to make recompense. You shouldn't have to try and um, do those sorts of things. I'm not saying anyone would say that that's bad to do. I seem to recall there being this idea that forgiveness means that those kind of things aren't necessary or that uh, whether a person does those things or not, you have to forgive them anyway. And I think maybe this is a spot where we could learn something from our um, our Jewish brothers and sisters and um, siblings in the sense that I think that that at least in some way and in whatever way that you can, because no harm can be righted 100%, right? You can't take back what you've done or what has been or or what, what, what you do, you know, you can never make that like it didn't happen, but you can try to help make things better, you know? So, um, in like that crop of, uh, famous people, famous men who've done terrible things, you know, it's one thing for them to say, sorry, it's another thing for them to donate some of their vast fortunes to charity for people who are victims of these things, these things that they did. Um, it's another, it's, it's something for them to, I don't know, get kind of massive counseling and therapy to try and ensure that they don't keep doing these things. And, um, it's it's it would be another thing for them to actually try to reach out to the victims in specific, at least if that's possible and appropriate, and it might not be in every situation. But what I'm trying to say here is that I think maybe one thing we could do to combat this um, gaslighting that might happen or that seems to happen with this traditional approach to forgiveness is that You know, I think if we're going to pressure anybody in the situation, I don't think it should be primarily the person who was hurt. You know, I don't think we should start with now make sure you forgive them to that person as much as if we're going to pressure somebody, I think the pressure should be on the wrongdoer and not in a way to make them feel shame. Because if we do that, we're just flipping it around and shame is probably just more likely to ensure that they keep doing that sort of thing again, because that's what shame causes us to do. But in a way that pushes them to, well, okay, this has happened. Now, what can you do to try and make it right? And I wonder what effect that would have on the person who was wronged in the sense of like, maybe that would make it more realistic for forgiveness to be a thing. Maybe that person would be able to let go of feelings like anger and such if that's something they need to do. And so I just I wonder about that. Um, Again, we'd have to figure out how to do that in a way that wasn't shaming. But if we're going to pressure anybody in this, then, you know, why don't we put the pressure on the person who's done wrong and not the person who's been hurt? I guess the third thing I was wondering about is um, maybe this idea that, like, you have to, forgiveness means not only do you have to forget, but Forgiveness means that you're no longer angry with the person that that hurt you or maybe even like enraged or whatever the emotion might be. Maybe that's not true. Like maybe it's not. Maybe it is the case that you can forgive somebody and still be angry with them. 
and still not want to be in the same room as them and never have a relationship with them again in any way. Um, now, I mean, sometimes that's not a hard sell, right? I mean, like in situations where one spouse has abused another, um, most people are not going to say that they should stay together. At least I would hope not. God, um, you know, like a lot of times they would, many pastors or Christians would encourage the abused person to not stay in that relationship, make sure they're safe and that sort of thing. But let's take something that's not quite as serious of an example as that. Let's say that, um, you know, uh, let's say that somebody does something to me at work wherein they steal credit that I should have gotten for a project we worked on together, or they barely did anything, and then somehow they ended up getting all the rewards for it. Well, you know, maybe me forgiving them doesn't mean I'm not angry about it. Maybe me forgiving them doesn't mean they don't still annoy the piss out of me and that I go out of my way. It doesn't mean that I don't go out of my way to not work with them on anything again. Like maybe forgiveness is not pretending like it didn't happen. And maybe forgiveness isn't like, oh, this person did something terrible to me, but I'm happy again. Maybe forgiveness is about not trying to take vengeance on someone in any way, even if they deserve it. You know, like maybe one of the reasons you don't have a relationship with anyone anymore after they've hurt you is because you're you're realizing that if you stay in that situation, you're going to be in scenarios where you're going to be tempted to take revenge on them or hurt them in some way just because they hurt you. And maybe you stay angry at them for a long time. Maybe forgiveness is giving up that right at least that perceived right to vengeance. And maybe that's how you forgive somebody, you know? Um, and maybe as time goes by, you know, I found like there was a very difficult toxic relationship I had to deal with in my past. And, you know, for a long time, that person and I did not have a relationship anymore. We didn't speak. Um, I was very hurt and angry for a long time. And, you know, that relationship never went back to what it was. And that's good because it wasn't a good relationship. And I was angry at this person for a good year or two. And you know what? Today we talk sometimes and we don't really spend a lot of time together, but things are okay because given time, I was able to forgive that person and, you know, in honesty, own some of the ways I contributed to the problem. And so now I don't feel anger or bitterness towards that person. But I was given the time and the space to get there. I wasn't shamed into it. I wasn't forced into it. God was able to work in my heart in the time that I needed for that. And you know what? The thing that I did was not so much that I woke up one day and said, ha, I'm not, I'm not going to be angry with this person anymore. I think what I tried to do was say, I'm not going to try and hurt them, even though I've been hurt. And maybe could it be as simple as that, at least in terms of initial forgiveness? Because I think the problem there, too, is that everybody is so different and every situation is so different. And this idea that anyone else could come in and just say, well, forgive them. And that means you don't feel the way you feel anymore. I mean, it's preposterous, isn't it? Like, how could you know that? How could anybody know that? Anybody who isn't God anyway. So I don't know. I, these are just thoughts that I'm having. I grant that some of these are still in process. And, 
you know, I'll be honest and say the idea of forgiveness being just not taking vengeance on somebody in whatever form that is, I don't like it doesn't feel like that's a full answer to me. But maybe what it can be is, you know, if we're struggling to with forgiveness for somebody, maybe that's where we can start is I am not going to take vengeance on this person and I'm going to endeavor to not put myself in situations where I have opportunity to be tempted, you know, like, I mean, isn't that what turn the other cheek is about? Like they hit me. I don't hit them back, even though it would seem like I have a right to. And it's like, it doesn't say don't be angry at the person who hit you or that pretend like it didn't happen. It just says, don't respond in kind. And, you know, maybe if we start there, it makes it much easier for there not to be so much guilt and shame involved. Because you know what? Anger is not a negative emotion. And yet, I mean, it's just an emotion. It's a normal, healthy human emotion. And you know what? When someone does something really terrible to me or to someone I love, um, it makes me angry. And I don't have kids, but I know some one of the times I remember my parents being the angriest was when like you know, something happened to me at school. And um, especially there was a few things that happened where a teacher said something just terrible to me one time, just awful. And I think that was the angriest I've ever seen my mom in my life. And she doesn't really get angry, right? But she was angry because of what happened to someone she loved to me. And you know what, like, it got worked out. But I pity the person who would have told her at that moment that she shouldn't, you know, forgiveness means you shouldn't be angry at this teacher. (laughs) That wouldn't have gone well for them. So anyway, maybe just, you know, think about that kind of stuff. And um, I think there's probably more to it than that. But maybe if you're listening and you've made it through my ramblings to this point, maybe what we can get from this is that some just some thoughts I had was if we don't have forgiveness, we don't feel like we can forgive somebody. Well, maybe it's not trying to find it in ourselves. Maybe it's asking God to give us that forgiveness that we don't have. Because honestly, I don't know. It, like forgiveness is not, it's not a natural human thing. It's not a, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if do animals forgive each other. I don't know that most of them are capable of that level of thinking. You know, but if if uh, an animal attacks another animal, they're going to fight and one of them is going to win. And that's pretty much it. And I think, you know, humans are animals too. And in a, in a, in one way, you could say that forgiveness is the opposite of what we're biologically programmed to do or we're programmed to survive, right? So if something harms us, then our response is to make sure that, you know, we, that can't continue to happen. So maybe it's if we maybe we don't have it in ourselves. Maybe forgiveness is not a normal human thing. And perhaps we can ask for God to help us when we don't we don't have it in us. And I just think we got to be really careful about telling other people when we were not, especially if we were not part of the wronged party, got to be really careful about telling the person who was hurt what they should and shouldn't do. And even if you were part of the same, like maybe somebody hurt a group of five of us or whatever, each one of those five people are going to deal with things differently. And for some, they may not feel angry much at all. And some may be angry for six years. And, you know, we just got to be careful about telling people who aren't ourselves how we should act in those situations. 
And then as far as anger itself goes or whatever theoretically negative emotion we might be talking about, well, I don't really think there are negative emotions, maybe jealousy, (laughs) you know, envy, that kind of thing, shame, I guess. But otherwise, like anger and sadness and all those things are not negative. They're just what they are. They're just normal, healthy human emotions. And so maybe forgiveness is more simple than that. And maybe forgiveness means not trying to harm someone who's harmed you. And maybe forgiveness means removing yourself from the situation and whatever was there before. Maybe that never comes back, but maybe that's how you forgive somebody, at least at first. And maybe that gives us more space to be able to let God work in us in some way that hasn't taken place before. Like maybe that's what's required for healing. Um, Because forgiveness is a part of healing, I guess most people would say, but it's sometimes I feel like we're skipping right to walking when we haven't even got the cast set on our leg yet after it was broken. So for whatever it's worth, I hope you can see some of this as, I mean, permission if you like, although I don't know that me giving you permission helps that much. I'm just the dude um, palavering about forgiveness on a podcast. But maybe it can just kind of help you to think about it in a way that maybe you haven't before and just kind of apply it in a way and trust God to, to help you figure out from there. God will work with you. God, God isn't scared of our anger. God's not just going to be like, well, I mean, despite what you may have been told, God's not up in heaven or wherever God may be, you know, looking at the heavenly ledger and being like, well, yeah, this person was really abused, but man, they're still angry about it. So to hell with them. Like, that's not how God is. I know that's the picture of God a lot of us have been given, but God loves us. You know, God, God wants to see us healthy and not being abused and not harmed. And I think God knows what it's like. God God knows our hearts better than we do and in, in a good way, right? So give yourself permission to feel what you feel and let God work with you from there. And maybe that will take some of the horrible pressure off. Maybe that will help um, prevent the theological gaslighting that seems to happen, that seems to accompany forgiveness so often, at least in the way that I was taught and have experienced it. So I guess those are kind of my thoughts for tonight, uh, today, whenever you're listening to this. And if you, if any of that resonated with you, or if, you know, you think, well, Ryan, I don't think that's enough, or I liked your idea of not taking vengeance, but I think it's also this, I'd love to hear about it. Um, send us an email at frontierfaithpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you know, like I said, none of this is a finished answer for me. These are things I've been thinking about as I've dealt with things in my own life. And as I've, you know, been in a lot of situations with work and stuff where I see a lot of forgiveness problems, let's put it that way, family, you know, tensions and these sorts of things. And so I just, they're just thoughts that I have, and none of them are my complete and finished theology on any of it. So if you've got some more thoughts, I'd love to hear them. That'd be great. So, yeah, I guess what I would say is if you think about forgiveness or as you work through things in your life where maybe you feel like you want or need to forgive somebody, just I hope you'll give yourself some space to breathe and pause and remember that God will help you and that if you don't feel it in yourself, it's okay. And that 
maybe all you got to do at first is just not hurt the person who hurt you and go from there, you know? So that's all I got. That's it. I'm out. I'm out of ideas. That's all I have to say on this subject. (laughs) So like I like to say, it's okay. And it's going to be okay. And God will take care of us. 